What's good everyone and welcome back to Kaya's Commentary and if you're new here, welcome to Kaya's Commentary. This is a podcast that offers commentary on pop culture topics, real world issues, anything in between, and maybe even some advice every now and then. Before we get down to it, you can follow me on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Kaya R. Pennington and you can follow Kaya's Commentary on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Kaya's Commentary. Also, be sure to hit the follow slash subscribe button and for my YouTube viewers, click the notification bell so you get notified when new videos drop. Now let's kick it into our first segment, online conversations where I give my commentary on an online conversation I've seen. Today's topic, what does being nice get you? So every few months, like clockwork, every few months, this conversation is brought back up that being nice doesn't get you anywhere, so why be nice? Um, and I ignore it every time because that is just such a stupid thought process to me. Also, I've kind of addressed it before, I think back in season one, because it kind of floats into the, um, I don't owe anyone anything, including my niceties. And I find that so stupid, right? So I've kind of addressed it before, but this in particular, um, it keeps floating back up and I always ignore it. But no, let's talk about it further today. Why the thought process to me of, uh, what does being nice get you nowhere so I'm not gonna be nice is stupid to me um what does being nice get you being nice doesn't get you anywhere maybe it's not supposed to (laughs) maybe that's okay like yeah sure being nice can sometimes get you places hey I remember you you were nice to me that one time here's a billion dollars like yeah sure maybe on along those lines it can get you somewhere but For the most part, you're nice because it's the right thing to do. Like you show someone basic human decency uh, because it's the right thing to do. Because somebody was so rude to you one day that it made you question your entire thought process of what it is to be nice and to show someone basic human decency to the point that it made you say, I'm not going to show anyone basic human decency anymore. Why would you go inflict that on another person? You didn't like how it felt when it was done to you. Why would you go inflict that on another person? I just don't understand. Like, why are you looking for, why are you looking to be rewarded for for showing someone a kindness? Like, that don't sound messed up to you? Yes, it can get you places to be nice. And um, I'll be honest, and I've said this before, one of my personal, like one of my pet peeves is when I show you a kindness and you don't return it. Rather, you show me just, just awful, rude attitude in return. Yes, that is a huge pet peeve of mine. But am I going to go take my frustration on your root, about your rudeness out on somebody else? No, because that's not doing anything for me. That's not a healthy outlet for me to do. That person didn't do anything to me. They can't do anything about your rudeness. So like, why would I go and flick that onto another person? That's not a healthy way of coping with that. I, I don't, and this is not a new concept. I'm certainly not saying that this is a new concept. <laughs> the concept of, I don't owe you anything because who are you? And that, that's been around for like ages, eons. I'm not saying, but it's, The way this is brought back up every few months, it's like you guys are going in overtime trying to prove why we as a society just just as a whole stop being kind to one another. Why we should just normalize being rude and and cold energy to one another. And I'm not feeling it. I'm not feeling it. Like, 
Why would you want someone to return cold energy to you? You don't, you don't like it. You don't like it when someone's rude to you. Why would you go and flick that on another person? That's not to say you have to be uh, happy-go-lucky all the time. Of course, you can have your feelings. You are entitled to that. But again, if somebody's like, hi, how are you? Well, I'm not the greatest, but you know, there's nothing you can do about that. And I'm not going to take my anger out or my frustration or my sadness out on you because that's not helpful to me. That's not helpful to you. You can't do anything about it. And obviously, you don't have to say it like that, but just be like, yeah, it's one of those days. I'm just surviving, you know, and then just keep it pushing. Why are you, why are y'all fighting so hard for this? I don't owe anyone anything, including my niceness. I, what does being kind get you? Maybe it's not supposed to get you anywhere. Maybe that's the lesson to be learned. Maybe you're just kind because it's the right thing to do. Maybe you're just kind because you don't like when somebody is like rude to you. And again, that's not a guarantee that because you're kind to somebody, someone's going to be kind to you. But more than likely, if you return, if, if you have friendly energy and you just randomly are talking to somebody, it's you, there's a higher chance, there's a higher chance that they're not going to hit you with just cold energy as, a, as compared to if you just hit them with cold energy. Best believe they match your energy. Like... It is a genuine frustration to me. This is becoming a pet peeve to me that you guys are fighting so hard to be like, kindness doesn't get you anywhere, so why be kind? I'm going to start being a terrible, crappy person. What does being a terrible, crappy person get you? That's not getting you any... You're not going to get anyone's respect from that. Like, you're not going to get anyone's respect from that. People are not going to want to associate with you and again, that's not to say, oh, if you're being nice, people, yeah, people suck. And sometimes they're just going to like have cold energy. But if you are somebody who does not appreciate that cold energy because you were just having a good day, you walk up. Hi, hello. Mm. Okay, well, because you were rude to me, I'm going to go be rude to this next person. Make that make sense. Make that make sense. I... It frustrates me. It frustrates me that people think that being kind, you're supposed to get rewarded for being kind. Not necessarily. You do it because you know how it feels for crappy people to crap on you and it's a crappy feeling. And you shouldn't go inflict that onto somebody else because you know how that feels. Being kind might not get you anywhere. And that's okay. At the end of the day, you can say your conscience is clear. I was a good person. I had a pleasant attitude. I did what I was supposed to do. Be that way. And of course, somebody out there is going to say, well, I was a crappy person and I still have um, a clean conscience. If you have such a clean conscience as a crappy person, don't sit here and try to defend yourself to somebody on the internet Why you have a clean conscience as a crappy person. Okay? Uh, we'll keep it nice and short, but... The concept of being kind to somebody, you're not owed anything. You, you do it because it's the right thing to do, because it's a pleasant thing to do. You just, you, you don't want to be crapped on. You know how it feels. Everybody at least once has known how it feels to be crapped on and how that's made them feel. Why would you go return that energy to another person who's done nothing to you? And make them, like, it's just a cycle. It's just a cycle because they don't owe you because you don't owe them your kindness. They don't owe you their kindness. They don't owe the next person their kindness. We all walking around miserable. 
Who wants to walk around miserable? It's a stupid argument. Stop bringing it up. Being kind is not going to get you most, uh, somewhere most times, and that's okay. You can say, I had a pleasant attitude. Um, I'm not just suffering in negativity because somebody crapped on me. Like, because I'm returning energy because somebody crapped on me. Like, no. Be kind because you want to be kind. Be kind because it's the right thing to do. With that, let's kick it into our next segment, What You Reading? Where I give my commentary on a book I've read. Today's book... (laughs) Now, before I get into it, (laughs) this is one of two guilty pleasures. I know I come on here and I crap on a lot of people about what they read. Uh, This is like one of the two times that you can crap on me, okay? Um, Today's book is Beautiful Disaster by Jamie uh, McGuire. Now, a movie came out about this recently, which kind of brought, which kind of brought the book back into focus and you just realize how horribly toxic the book is. Again, this is this is one of the two times that you guys can actually just like crap on a book that I've read and actually enjoyed because I actually kind of like the book. It's kind of like a guilty pleasure. Um, so this and Walking Disaster, this whole like trilogy that she has with the beautiful disaster. Uh, Kane and Caitlin from the Blood Shadows series by Lindsay J. Pryor. And maybe Elements of Attraction by Penny Reed, but that's not really on the same level. It's not like toxic toxic. It's just like he's kind of overbearing in the, oh, I like you, even though because we've been partners, uh, lab partners this entire semester. And I've noticed a lot about you, but I've yet to say a single word to you. <laughs> so like maybe one out of two and a half times that you guys can come on here and, and judge me for a book that I've read. And actually enjoyed. But let's get into it. Let's get into it. Um, uh, the new Abby, Ath- Abby Abby Abernathy is a good girl. I know, y'all. I know. Just, I- I've judged that before and I'm still judging it and I'm judging it now. Stick with me. She doesn't drink or swear and has the appropriate number of cardigans in her wardrobe. Let's keep it pushing. With the darkness of her past behind her, she believes her freshman year at college is the start of a new beginning. But then she meets Travis Maddox. Lean, cut, and covered in tattoos, Eastern University's walking one-night stand is exactly what Abby needs to avoid. Intrigued by her resistance to his appeal, Travis tricks her with a simple bet. If he loses, he must remain abstinent for a month. If Abby loses, she must live in his apartment for the same amount of time. Either way, Travis has no idea that he has met his match and this beautiful, this beautifully sexy, beautifully intense, and beautifully perfect uh, novel. <laughs> Let's get into it. Okay, so we have Abby, uh, her best friend, America. America's boyfriend, Shepley, and America and Shepley's cousin, Travis. Travis is the one-night stand guy, the ladies' man around campus. Every girl wants to sleep with him. Every guy is insanely jealous of him. And every now and then, this question on, like, Twitter will pop up 
uh when is it just how long can you go before like being the ladies man gets old meaning like how long what how long is too long for a character a male character to still be in the playboy stage honestly i'm fine with it in college stories and i'm actually kind of fine with it like post-college and they're like quote-unquote real world jobs uh i'm fine with it because if you do it in a certain way rather if you do it in a way that's like yeah i'm attractive and i know i'm attractive and i can get women if i want type thing without being overly arrogant right because it's like he's attractive she's attractive they know they can pull anybody they want to whenever they want to however they want to right it's if, if you do it in such a way that's not arrogant but it's very clear i'm attractive and i can pull people if i want when i want how i want uh so i actually hear it's fine for me for him to be like this this one night stand playboy type dude um because it's one it's a college story if you're gonna read a contemporary college romance that that just like that's that's the package deal you got to deal with it but also i i don't think that's just such a harsh trope for me obviously it depends on the way you do it if you're just like in college sleezing around you don't go to class you don't why are you even here or if it's post-college and uh you're just you're you're a slob sleezing around no job it's just how you can get the next girl yeah chill out chill out but obviously if it's a i'm attractive and i know it and i can pull if i want it type thing i'm fine with it but let's keep going with the story so travis is he's that guy every girl wants to sleep with him every guy is and jealous uh insanely and jealous insanely jealous i am just mixing those words insanely jealous of the woman he pulls one of those guys is parker hayes and they're in the same fraternity but parker is very much like a I'm a good guy type guy and when he approaches Abby he kind of approaches her simply because she's talking to Travis and it's like a weird thing uh for Parker to like kind of go after the women that Travis has already had or is attempting to get but he uses this I'm a good guy uh one time uh Travis slept with this girl and then he's just like hey we had our night bye and so she was like running out crying and I took her home because I'm a good guy, right? I made sure she got home safe. And it's like, the way that would just rub me the wrong way, but Abby falls for it anyway. So Abby meets Travis at a under, I want to say undercover, underground boxing ring this is how travis pays his bills he's a very good uh i don't want to say mma but like he's he's a very good boxer and so um he fights for a living and that's how he pays his way through college he gets a lot of money from it so as he's like winning his fight they get really close to the ring and he knocks out his opponent his blood splatters across abby and her cardigan and so Travis sees her he's like oh I've never seen you before but I see you rolling with America and Shepley so instant intrigue um and he's like yeah sorry about the sweater I ruined a lot of sweaters <laughs> in you window type thing and so she's not impressed right she's like obviously this guy is full of himself he's covered in tattoos he's lean he know he attractive he know he can get it from any type of woman he wants 
not me. It's not going to be me. Travis, intrigued, sees her in class uh, later in the week. And he's like, oh, hey, hello. Hi, how are you? And she's like, I'm not interested in you. I am trying to be a good girl here. I'm. Tr-. She doesn't say that, but she's like, I'm trying to be a good girl here. And anything that's dark and intimidating and intriguing, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna do it. And so Travis is like, hmm. It's so interesting that you don't immediately fall over yourself for me. I'm just, we, we, we have to go on a date. And Abby's like, what part of I don't want you don't you get? He's like, one date one date no i don't know so she does eventually agree to go out with him if it will she's like okay if i agree to this will you leave me alone for the rest of the day of course so she shows up later at his and shepley's apartments and she has removed her like her makeup she's tied her hair up in a ratty ponytail because obviously if she shows that she's not like other girls and she's disgusting without makeup he won't want her that has the opposite effect for travis he's like yo that might have worked, but it's like your face is so much clearer. You're so, I mean, you were pretty with the makeup, but obviously you're just, you're glowing now. So I was like, that didn't work. So let me take you to a pizza spot and we'll get to know one another. So they kind of get to know one another. And Travis is just, he, it's still very much, a, I'm very intrigued as to why you did not uh, fall over yourself for me. But uh, also, you actually kind of like a decent person and maybe actually like really get to know you because I kind of want to know you a little more. So let's fast forward a few weeks. They're like actually having this friendship now. He kind of he helps her study occasionally. Um, She does jones him about like how many women he sleeps with and like being a ladies man, which as long as he's being safe about it. And the thing about Travis is this is why it's part of an appeal for most women around campus because they think they're going to be the one, you know, the one to uh, tame the untamable, right? So he'll sleep with you. It's all consensual. And then it's like, yeah, I kind of don't want your number or yeah, we had our fun. You're still here. And I actually kind of respect the look not respect but like if it's consensual maybe some more communication needs to be done obviously it's like hey i'm not gonna take your number after this okay so if we do this d you hop up and leave right afterwards okay um so yeah maybe more communication could happen certainly but if it's all consensual and then you just randomly hand him your number at the end of it all it's like that's also on you why did you why he has never taken a number before why would you think he was gonna take your number why would you go walk into this not knowing what it is like you knew what it was you just thought you you thought your yaya was gonna be the one to tame him and that's not the case here so that's kind of why abby is like you kind of suck because like why are you sleeping around with people if you're not gonna take their number if you're not gonna call them why are they sleeping around with me they know what the deal is like which is true. They know what the deal is. They know he's never taken a number. They know he's never yet had a girlfriend. Like, I, I don't, I'm not going to say I respect it. But, like, because obviously more communication needs to happen. But, like, that's kind of, that, that's a two-way street. That, that's a two-way street. Anyway. So, they're getting closer in their friendship, but it's very much platonic for Abby. She acknowledges, okay, he's attractive, cool, whatever. 
I, you, you are everything that I need to avoid. You are a quote unquote bad boy and I don't really need to be around bad boys, okay? So this is also around the time that Parker Hayes starts sniffing around Abby. And again, it's like, yo. And when uh, he even like meets Abby for the first time, he walks up to Travis and he's like, yo, got any drunk girls you want me to take home? Because again, um, it was a consensual uh, thing. She got drunk later in the night after he kind of like dismissed her. Um, and then she's like crying to her friend and Parker took her home. I'm not saying Travis is a good guy here, but like... Parker bringing that up and being like, oh, I'm such a white savior. Not white savior, a shining white knight savior. Um, That's weird, too. That's weird, too. But because he he wears polo, he got good dental, he look very rich. Abby is like, oh, he must be. And he's a self-proclaimed good guy. Abby's like, oh, he must be a good guy. So if I were going to date anybody, that's where I need to go. Because... He, he he's light your darkness like sis you stupid either way anyway um they're getting all closer travis is getting more invested in his feelings it's kind of becoming he still very much wants to sleep with her but it's kind of like i i want to but like i'm also starting to acknowledge that you might be too good for me and i don't want to stain you so now we're getting into the um oh you're just so good you're too good for me and uh yes anytime someone says that to you run believe them when they show you who they are believe them or run if somebody's constantly telling you hey you're too good for me i'm waiting for you to leave me because i i just i am i'm not good enough for you run you know what you're right <laughs> you're right we probably don't need to be here so let's end it out right now so Travis is getting more invested in his feelings. We flash forward to the bet. So um, America and Abby ended up staying with Shepley and Travis for a few days because the showers in their dorm, uh, the hot water in their dorm got blown out. So they went to stay with them because Shepley is America's boyfriend. So of course, and Abby just tagged along. She didn't want to because she didn't want to be anywhere near Travis, but she just tagged along. So when the boilers get fixed and they have to move back, uh, Travis throws kind of like a hissy fit and is like piss poor communication skills. He literally says that. So again, I'm not saying Travis is a good guy. Like he's very much has a lot of work to do. <laughs> very much. So they're back at the underground uh, fighting ring. He has a fight tonight and he's like, hey. Uh, I'm sorry about my attitude earlier. I just, I didn't want you to leave. I kind of like your presence around the apartment. I should have handled that better. Um, she's like, okay, yeah, you should have, but all right, fine. Whatever. He's like, okay, so how about this? Uh, let's make a bet. If this guy, because he, he talks about how uh, he just lets people hit him. And she's like, you don't let people hit you. He's like, yeah, I see their fist coming and I move. And she's like, bullcrap he's like okay well if this guy manages to hit me I will go without sex for a month and if he doesn't manage to hit me you have to stay with me in my apartment for another month and she's like why would you want that he's like I like your presence around so they fight he wins and he's like ha 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 now you have to stay with me for another month it's less creepy but he's like hi you have to stay with me for another month so they get some more clothes from her apartment her dorm and then they bring it back and then we get to the apartment and Travis not Travis Shepley is kind of like annoyed with how close uh Travis and 
uh, Abby is are getting in the past when Shepley has had girlfriends they always kind of start throwing themselves at Travis and Travis is like yo that's my cousin um get the hell out of here right he's he's never crossed that line um but Shepley is like yo I don't want you to mess with my girlfriend's friend and then get her mad at you and then my girlfriend dumps me because I really like my girlfriend so he's like I don't think you guys should date and Abby's like we're not dating we're just friends he sleeps around with a lot of girls why would I want to date him and Travis overhears this and he gets his feelings hurt even though she just spouted nothing but the truth he gets his feelings hurts and he very much goes on he goes to the bar he goes drinking he brings home two girls and she's like you proved my point you proved my point literally the day after you were sitting here talking to me about how you wanted me to stay because you like my presence and you proved my point I'm leaving um she tries to leave well America tries to get her to leave because America's like you I know you was feeling her and you got mad because of what she said and you handled it in a crappy way because you have piss poor communication skills she's leaving but Abby is like Travis sleeps around that's who he is that's literally what I said I'm not leaving we're just friends everybody chill out you're blowing it out of proportion that further hurts Travis feelings because he's like you don't care at all I want you to care. I want you to be mad at me. It's very much, it's so much drama, y'all. I'm sorry, but I was eating it up. <laughs> it's so, um, Travis works to get back into Abby's good graces. Abby is very adamant saying, I don't care. Matter of fact, I'm going to go not home with Parker, but he's going to take me home. And Travis is like, I don't like that guy. I don't trust that guy. He's a weirdo because he sits here and plays the knight in shining armor. How do you not see this? And honestly, how do you not see it, Abby? Like, be so for real. Like, this guy sh just randomly always continuously jumps up in your face talking about, oh, uh, yeah, Travis this, Travis that. But I'm a good guy. I'm a good guy. Like, sis. Anyway, so Abby and, and uh, Parker start getting close and they start dating for a little while. And it, Travis has to work ever so hard not to sabotage that because he's like, I'm trying to get back in Abby's good graces. Um, what makes her happy makes me happy, even if it's this knight in shining armor douche. So they date for a little while, Abby and Parker do, but Abby is very much, it's, we, we're, we've gotten to the point where she is finally acknowledging her feelings for Travis. Uh, Travis goes out of his way to like, not, it's not, he doesn't go out of his way, but he does nice things. He gets her a puppy because she's from Kansas, so he gets her a total replica. Um, he throws her a surprise birthday party. Parker ends up ruining that surprise. So another notch on you suck Parker. And so they have to scramble to move her birthday party. He throws her a birthday party. They have all fun. Um, and then they, they, they go to sleep for the night, right? They get drunk and pass out. Uh, the thing about Abby living with Travis is that she sleeps in his bed. Because when he, uh, engages and, um pleasures he always does it on the couch he never takes a girl into his bedroom and so she's like I'm not sleeping on that couch I'm gonna sleep in that recliner and I and just hope you've never had anyone in that recliner he's like no I've never had anyone in the recliner but you're not sleeping on the couch or the recliner you're sleeping in my bed because there's never been anyone in there that's cleanest safest spot for you to sleep so Parker ends up coming in one day where he sees Abby just passed out on Travis's bed and Travis kind of makes it worse by insinuating that they're together 
Um, and so later that day, Abby finds out why people around campus are talking about her. Now she wants to keep a low profile and this campus is kind of supposed to be really small before it to be small. So she might probably want to go to like a big campus because small campuses, I'm assuming like drama, it's a drama mill. And so she finds out what everyone's talking about her. Travis thinks she's going to be furious, but she's like, well, he knew I was staying with you. Even if I'm in your bed, even if you made it sound that way, like he should have more faith in me, which honestly, to defend Parker for a minute, this man walked in on you passed out in his bed and Travis sitting here insinuating stuff, not making it helpful. Maybe if you cared a tiny teensy bit about that relationship at all, you would understand why he would reasonably be upset. Um, Travis... Abby and Parker try to make things work, but Abby, she and Travis end up getting together. And it's great for a few minutes, and then Travis lets people start talking to him. So he gets insanely jealous that any guy is looking at her, um, or like talking about her in such a weird sexual way. Which, yeah, you should be aggravated if somebody's talking about your girlfriend or boyfriend in sexual ways. But to the point where it's just obviously, let's throw fists, let's fight. It's like, yo, you kind of violent, and I kind of don't need to be around that. So Abby goes back to her dorm for a night um, and Travis, he sits outside of her dorm, not outside of her dorm room, but in her dorm lobby until like she can um, meet him in the morning. And he's like, yo, I'm sorry. I didn't mean that. Just don't leave me. And it's like, it's very much codependency, which her roommate, Kara, which they don't put Kara in the movie. Um, but they do have her, I didn't watch the movie, by the way, guys, I watched bad reviews of the movie, but from what I got is that Kara's not there and she should have been. Kara has a line in the book that's like, it's dangerous to need someone that much. You're trying to save him and he's hoping you can. You two are a disaster. Kara is the voice of reason here. Kara is very much like sis. I don't like you, particularly because you come with all this drama. Um, but this man has a toxic codependency for you and you are allowing that because you think you can save him you think your cat has the powers to save him it doesn't you can't cure mental illnesses even though Travis doesn't have like a mental illness you can't cure violent tendencies either Abby doesn't listen and they continue to date um until Abby's gambling dad comes back into the picture. This is where her dark past comes into play. Abby is lucky 13. She's been gambling since she was 13 years old. Her father was this famous uh, gambler. But when she turned 13, uh, she started winning a lot and he started losing. And so he kind of blamed her. And so she kind of like left that toxicity behind. And so he comes back. He's like, yo, I'm in trouble. I owe a lot of money. I need you to help pay it off. They go to Vegas, I believe. And uh, Travis does a fighting ring to get to win back the money. And he's like, yo, I could do this professionally. I could always make sure we have money in our pockets. And Abby's like, no, this is what I'm talking about. This is toxic. This is what I left behind. If you do this, I'm leaving you. And she, Travis starts to do it anyway. And she's like, okay, goodbye. And then this leads to the toxic, very toxic, hey, yo, please t- let me take you back. Let me low-key stalk you for a little bit and try to hope that you take me back. And Abby's like, no, we're very much done. And so Travis later comes to Abby for a um, a promise that she made before they broke up. He was like, you said you were going to meet my family. 
uh, you met my family before she's met his family before but she was like you're gonna you said you were gonna spend christmas with us and she's like that was before we broke up he was like yeah but i didn't tell anybody we broke up i just didn't know how to tell them because they're gonna look at me like the screw up that i am please don't make them do that to me okay travis okay so she goes and they sleep in the same room their brothers can instantly tell that something is kind of like different and off but she tries to keep up appearances they sleep in the same room um and they have a moment and every time they're mad at each other rather every time abby's mad at each other they have a moment by a moment i mean a moment <laughs> and then abby's okay it's like sex fixes her brain her wires like he got a he got a, two tattoos he got one tattoo that said i belong to my beloved and my beloved belongs to me and then he got her her uh nickname pigeon that's what he nicknamed her he got that tatted onto herself and she is rightfully like yo that's a lot we just been dating for like two weeks now like that's that's a lot and i'm kind of freaking out why would you do that um and he's like don't freak out don't freak out and he starts kissing her and they start doing other stuff and she's like okay cool it's like sis stand on what you said anyway uh by the end of this whole visit with his family she's like okay maybe we should get back together um and he's like no actually you're right i just want what's best for you and if what you think is we need to be done then we need to be done so he tries to do the right thing i guess um we get to the new year travis is like very much trying so hard not to call her he's very much trying to honor that and so one of the things he does to like escape from abby ever constantly being in his brain he goes to megan which is the only one night stand he's ever returned like she's a frequent flyer for him and so they start messing around. Abby in America comes in. She sees. And he's like, yo, I just, I, need, I needed a break. I needed to not call you. And Abby's like, well, fine, then don't call me. Do what you, and I just, I don't feel like you have a right to be jealous. Because, like, you broke up with him. And from his point of view, you very much want to stay broken up. I'm not saying what he did was great either. But it's like, where's that indifference now, sis? Like, yeah, okay, that's who you are. You sleep with people. Yep, mm-hmm i solomented myself so by the end of it all they're at a party and travis he's a little drunk um and so is she he ends up dragging her out of the party they end up going home confessing their feelings that's pretty much it. there's some other stuff that happens at the end where like he ends up proposing to her she's 19 he's like a year older than her um a grade older than her rather and it's like I will never understand getting married straight out of high school or straight out of college. Like, what's the point of struggling like that together? But, like, that would also add to my level of freaked outness. You got my name tatted to you. You got this stuff tatted to you. And you bought a ring that same day? Sir. Um, so, yes, it's very much... What, Patty? <laughs> I would like to say, uh, archives of our own, but no, it's very much what, Patty? It's very much toxic. It's very much my guilty pleasure. <laughs> I read this in high school, and I very much in high school acknowledged that it was, this is not what you want in a relationship. This is tiring. This is dramatic. This is toxic. This is very much not what you want. But I ate it up anyway, because, like, I like it and I really like I for one I love dual POVs and the second book is the entirety of it is Travis's POV and then and then the third book uh where we see them eloping uh is 
true dual POV where it's him, it's her, it's him, it's her, it's him, it's her, so on and so forth. I like those. I like to see the guy. I hate this word, but I like to see the guy simping uh, for the girl. Down bad for the girl. I hate the word simping. Down bad for her. Um, this 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 floats way into the toxic meter, but uh, I, it, it's very much a guilty pleasure. Just the one time you guys can judge me. I'm gonna give it a five out of ten. Um, the one time you guys can judge me. As far as the movie goes, I won't watch it because even reading it for the first time, I was like, this doesn't need a movie. This doesn't need a movie. And the movie is very different from the book. I would say the book is better than the movie, but I would say the movie doesn't take itself too seriously like after that series started. Um, and I can appreciate the fact that this doesn't take itself too seriously. So five and a half out of ten. With that, uh, let's kick it into our third segment, What Drives Me, where I give my commentary on something that drives me. Today's topic, prank videos. Clout is a very powerful thing, and I want y'all to find more productive ways of getting clout. By productive, I mean if you're going to get a podcast, get a podcast and talk about stuff that's not incels type stuff or dumb stuff, right? Like, Or if it's going to be dumb frivolous stuff, at least be like, pop culture or something that's like not too toxic type stuff um I've seen one too many videos one there's this video and it's an old video but it's popping back up of these two white southern guys walking up to this black man and trying to reach something he's like hey boy can you get that for me uh one that's not a prank y'all would be y'all true authentically racist selves I don't know why you would walk up to a black man and start spouting microaggressions and racism um they label it as a prank. It's very much not a prank. Um, that's very much y'all being y'all authentically racist selves. I've seen this one person agitating. You just randomly walk up to people and start agitating them. And it's like, uh, yo, you need to move. Yo, you need to uh, just being real rude and stuff. And then when they start squaring up the party, it's like, yo, chill out, chill out, chill out. Like, no, get your sh- rocked. Like, I'm, I don't wish bad on anybody. But a lot of y'all need to, a lot of y'all need to find out why you don't need to be screwing around. I will see people, especially like customer service people, have people rolling up uh, to like uh, the, the windows, drive-thrus, talking crazy or ordering stupid stuff. It's like, yo, now, yes, niceties, but also at the same time, it's reasonable that these people are tired and if you're just going to play stupid games, you're going to win some stupid prizes. I don't see the joy, the funny, and saying, oh, let's go up and, and prank a total stranger and, 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 and almost like, like, clout is a very powerful thing. And yeah, clout can sometimes get you internet fame and finances, but oftentimes it, it, it doesn't. Oftentimes it gets you six feet under and that doesn't help with your finances at all because now somebody got to figure out how to pay those bills. Like, find a more productive way as opposed to just walking up to strangers and antagonizing them um, or service people or any of like, that stuff's not funny to me. I don't see how y'all find it funny to be like, hey, look, that's so juvenile. That is so juvenile. Like, hey, let's go up here and, and, and just prank, prank and sit here and talk all types of crazy out the side of our neck to this person. Let's sit here and antagonize them. Let's see. That's not funny. That's not funny. Middle school, elementary school uh, mentality, like grow the freak up grow up cloud is a very powerful thing go find something more meaningful useful uh less life-threatening 
Because a lot of y'all, I don't wish bad on people, but a lot of y'all, a lot of y'all need to find out why you need to stop screwing around. Like, it's, it's not funny. You're not funny. You're not entertaining to sit here and, and walk up to people and quote unquote prank them with the most stupidest juvenile crap and expect not to get squared up to. And then expect them to stop when you be like, hey, yo, chill out, chill out, chill out. No, get your rocks. Because you, you repeatedly need to learn until you finally figure out maybe I need to do something that's like, because now I have to sit here and laugh at myself getting an ass whooping on, on the internet. Like that's not going to go away. That's going to be there forever. And so now I have to sit here and laugh it off. Oh, I got my ass whooped because I was doing, no, yeah. Yeah, don't laugh about it. Be ashamed about it. We need to bring shame back. Yeah. On the social media, because a lot of y'all be putting stuff out here that need to remain in a journal. A lot of y'all be putting stuff out here that's not funny. That's just weird. Y'all, these quote-unquote pranks are not pranks. They're stupid juvenile tactics to get attention. And one day, that could be life-ending. Find something more productive to do than just harassing people. With that, let's kick into our last segment. Uh, college advice from a college graduate where I, as a college graduate, uh, offer a hopefully helpful bit, uh, tad bit of college advice. Um, so this just helped me. This is just something that helped me and I hope it helps someone else out there, but it's all, college is experimental. Um, it's subjective. What works for you works for you. If you have to experiment, by all means do. This is just something that worked for me. Today's topic, uh, where to find your college books. More than likely, um, the college library, uh, not the college library, the college bookstore is going to have your books. But if you can find them online as far as like audio or ebook or just buying online, more than likely go there because more than likely it's going to be cheaper there than it is at the bookstore. Um, that's not to say that every college bookstore is insanely expensive. You can find some cheap books there at the bookstore, but for the most part, it's very, for me, it has been very helpful to go online and find books and order my books there, as opposed to the bookstore, which can sell these books insanely high or even rent them insanely high because they know that you need them. So I would say either rent from bookstores or go find your books online, ebook, audiobook, uh, actual buy online, as opposed to the bookstore, because that's going to be a little bit more expensive most times. And when you get ready to sell those books, if you're returning it, because you rented it, definitely return it. But if you're getting ready to sell those books, yeah, you can sell them back to the bookstore, but they're just going to sell it for a higher price. So I would say definitely go sell it, um, back online for a reasonable price and you get to keep the money as compared to selling it to the bookstore who's gonna sell it for a higher price and you don't get any type of return you might get a little return but you know I would say if when you go to get your books either rent from the bookstore or go find your books online somewhere else as compared to actually buying them from your college bookstore because more times than likely it's going to be expensive in most cases but certainly not every case so experiment shop around look for the best deals for you 
with that, that's just a hopefully helpful bit of tad, uh, tad bit advice from a college graduate. And that's Kai's commentary. If you like this episode, do please like this episode. Give it a thumbs up. Hit the follow slash subscribe button. Leave likes. Uh, leave comments down below. Let me know any of your thoughts and opinions. Do you agree or disagree on any of the segments that I had? Uh, be respectful, but certainly let me know in the comments down below. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. See you next week.